Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Present. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we're still in Easter, Alleluia 1 and Alleluia 2. Alleluia. Alleluia. Yes, we're so here. Uh, we're having a great time uh, celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, who's also our personal Lord and Savior, by the way, for all yes, of our Protestant yes. listeners. And uh, we, we're going to talk about a sort of a difficult topic, I guess, today. Uh, difficult for some, uh, and some haven't really pondered it, mm-hmm. but are going to realize it's difficult for them as well. And that is really the problem of evil, mm. right? the idea that bad things happen to good people. And that's something that's really... This is like, I read somewhere that, that this is like the original boogeyman of Christianity, mm-hmm. right? This idea that, that either God would create, make, or even, as we like to point out, actual, in actuality, would permit evil to take yeah. place, bad things mm-hmm. to happen to good people. Because you think, if you're a good person, good things are going to happen to you, mm-hmm. right? But honestly, it doesn't always work out that way. No, it doesn't. No. So we're going to talk about that, I guess, a little bit and just maybe try to shed some light from our perspective on, on this. And, and uh, we'll talk about some of that. Uh, but what we should really do is make this kind of personal because th- this, this didn't start just because we were thinking we were pondering big things. You know, there's the problem of evil. I was know. scratching my chin, and I scratched it so loudly that it just started... <laughs> like, 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 like nails on a chalkboard. No, yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you know, no, 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 no. I scratched it out in Morse code. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's, you know, we weren't thinking that, but this came up because of a conversation about somebody who's a, a good person and yep. uh, is having some difficulty. And it's actually, uh, Tommy, help us. So we're going to call the show... Uh, essentially, good uh, bad things happening to Larry. <laughs> to Larry, because we don't. We're, right, we're not going to talk about who this person is, but 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 th- this is a very very common theme. Yep, we hear this a lot, and we get and, and Christianity itself gets a lot of um, criticism over this issue. In we fact, do. I think if I remember correctly from my from my childhood schooling, I remember that uh, Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, left Christianity because of the problem of evil. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people humorist and you yeah. know uh, love reading his uh, some of his stuff, but uh, honestly uh, didn't like Christianity because he had a problem with the fact that you know a kid would get cancer or uh, a perfectly good uh, uh, a piano would fall on somebody's head. And yeah, I'm, just, sure, I'm sure it's a stumbling block for a lot of folks. Yeah, a lot it's of folks. It's becoming a stumbling block for Larry. Yeah, well, so that's the thing we want to talk about. Let's let's talk about it from Larry's perspective. So help us. Can you like maybe elucidate just he, a little bit? He just posed the question at one of our group reunion meetings. With which, if you don't know about group reunions, it's it's cursio. That's what that's speak for. But uh, make a friend, be a friend. Make a friend yes. bring a, be a friend. Bring a friend to Christ. That's, that's right. exactly right. So he's, a, he's one of our our meetings, and and one day posed the question. You know, why why does God allow bad things to happen? And then just whatever answers we're giving him, he, he, it's just not satisfying. It wasn't enough. He can't he can't get satisfied. He keeps coming back. And he, he said one line one day that really just crushed me, which was, yeah, did you see what happened to those kids over there? Where's your, where's your God now? Tell me about your God now. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, Larry, tone it down, man. You know, so 
but he's having a really difficult time. Something's gotten into his head. He just he just can't get out. So that's what we're going to talk about. Today. Yeah. So um, now what what I'd want to know, like if I was talking to Larry, mm-hmm. I'd want to like Larry. I mean, I like and how you ask these questions without being a therapist. But where where are you? I mean, have bad things happened to you? Because I I surmise that sometimes that that big question about why would God allow this to happen to these innocents, right? Especially because right. we, we always hear about the kids. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we would, as, as adults, especially as parents, we would do anything to save a child from, from harm and, you know, right. you know bullying. And, uh, I actually and, brought that up to him one day. I said, what about the innocents when Christ was born? Yeah. What about them? Said, and he probably said, point. yeah, but what about them? Yeah, he said, no, he said, that's a good point, you know. So I, I guess I mean how do we answer that question, Sam? It's all on you at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> so a, a couple of things that uh, come to mind regarding this question, and actually I want to share a story um, because there was a period in my life, and I've shared the story I believe a couple of years ago on the show. Incidentally, but- anyone who wants to go to the refrigerator now make a snack. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect time. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead, Ziggy. That's fine. Wow, that hurt. So this was at a period in my life when I was having a serious pity party. Okay, there was a lot of self pity, and the so funny last thing- week, yeah, no, exactly. Was a you set up in your life, and I don't want to keep interrupting, but yeah, you were having a pity party. I mean, were you going through tough times? So here's the thing: yes, I was, but the thing that's really funny to me now, I can't. I literally, this was years ago. I remember the stuff that pulled me out of the pity party, and the and what God showed me in prayer that helped me that I'm hoping might help people in radio land today mm-hmm. but the ironic thing is i literally can't even remember why i was so like bent out of shape at the time the but pre it, the pre-pity circumstances the pre-pity and, and, I, and i can tell you this there were multiple things and at the time they felt like all like world ending they were all consuming you know what i mean like they were you, you felt know, like you were surrounded yes everybody was pointing you know, their guns at you or, or not to be so violent, but they were all pointing their finger at you. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was just it was a bad like you, did, you saw no way out. Well, things felt felt pretty hopeless. I remember that. And, and I really felt like there was a lot that was my fault. But there was also a lot that was happening to me. Mm-hmm. And I was in a very bad place. Mm. And it was basically like pity party all the time. OK. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was very much affecting my relationship with God. I was still praying regularly, okay, but it was affecting me. And so there's a little pro- little prologue to the story that I have to share uh, because it happened about a week prior to the events of the story, but the, it matters. It helps set up the actual event. So about a week prior to this, I had broken a glass in my bedroom. And in this bedroom, there's a carpet. It's not like really a shag carpet, but it's so thick. And this glass, when it broke, it shattered. So it's like you can't walk barefoot in your own bedroom at that point because there's glass Mm -hmm. everywhere. So basically, I, I had done my best to try to pull the glass up. But I had, as a policy, I just wasn't wearing... Uh, I wasn't walking barefoot in my carpet at the time. Okay, now fast forward about a week. I was making spaghetti, and I brought water to a rolling boil. I mean, it was literally a rolling boil. And I brought it, the uh, the water after I had cooked, you know, the uh, pasta sufficiently to pour the water into the colander. And I literally, I saw the water pour over my hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it pour over my hand. And I stop, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I see my, my hand turn, like, red, and then it just turns normal. And I had no pain. 
And for a second, though, the lack of pain freaked me out because I saw how hot the water was, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe I have no pain because I did so much damage to my hand that like it's permanent nerve damage. Like that's literally what occurred to me. But I was like, if there's permanent nerve damage, it wouldn't just go back to normal so quickly. And I like, I, so I stayed with it, and I finished pouring out the water, and I'm you know flexing my hand, and it's normal as if it never happened. And I'm like, that's so weird. And so I, I end up, uh, shortly after that, I'm in my room, this is very much on my mind, and I am I forgot to put on my flip-flops, and, uh, which I was using at that time to walk around the carpet in my bedroom. And so I walk barefoot in my bedroom, and I step on just this nasty shard of glass, but it's, I step on it in literally just such a way where it does no damage. And, and I look at it, and it's there, it's just... It's just gently on my foot. <laughs> it's just right there. And I'm like, this is so weird. So I, I pull the, the glass off my foot. Again, no no sign of blood, no pain, no damage. And I'm like, okay, that's twice in, in like an hour that I've been spared, you know, suffering and pain. What the heck is going on? And so I just, I, I've just felt God's fingerprints all over both of those moments. And I felt that pulled a prayer. And so I just sat down in my couch and I closed my eyes and, and just saying, Lord, what is going on? And in that moment, I had the craziest prayer experience where literally I don't typically it, ha- it has happened at key moments in my life. Seeing something in prayer in my with my eyes closed, like some image comes to mind. And when that happens, it's always like a, an important part of the prayer experience. Mm-hmm. I close my eyes and boom. I see just this vast sandy beach stretching out, you know, at either end. And I'm just looking at this beach and I hear God say in my heart, just very clearly, he starts speaking to me saying, count up every sand, every grain of sand that's on this beach. Those are, uh, that's as many sufferings that you've been spared that you don't know about. Mm, well, think about you don't you don't know about the car accidents that almost happened that you avoided, uh, or that your were that almost befell your family members, or disease, or various other travesties and accidents that you've been spared. You don't know about those things. You only know about the stuff that did happen. So why did the water not burn your hand? Why did the glass not cut your foot? Because it was not necessary for your sanctification. So that's what came to me in prayer. And it completely transformed everything because it helped me see, A, first, how limited my perspective was. Because I'm sitting here thinking in terms of, like, why did this or that bad thing happen to me? Why did God let this or that thing happen? But I wasn't thinking about all the stuff I've been spared because it's I'm not aware of it. But he is in the bigness of his perspective, a bigness that I can never have. Mm-hmm. And him saying specifically to me, it was necessary, it, it, those things you were spared because they weren't necessary for your sanctification. I mean, I just want to kind of close, you know, with this, that if we think about what our faith is all about, ultimately this life is a preparation for life in heaven. Mm-hmm. And life in heaven, you don't give up your freedom in heaven. Everyone who's in heaven is freely choosing to love each person for all eternity, Mm -hmm. including that guy that just cut you off in traffic. Like every single person 
Oh, he's not in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but every single person is there in that love communion. And for us to be prepared for that love communion where there's no chance that we're going to say, nope, uh-uh, I'm not loving that guy. Mm-hmm. For us to be prepared, whether it's on this earth or it's after this earth, sufferings are one of the key ways that God prepares us because in those sufferings we have an opportunity yes to accept those sufferings and accept that he has a a goodness that's bigger than the bad stuff that just befell me that whatever is bad that might befall me he's covering it with his grace if I'm willing to receive that grace Mm -hmm. and that there's actually a gift in that moment if I'm willing to receive it and receive the grace and the growth that can come from it. And in fact, it is necessary for me to receive that grace in that moment in order to grow in my capacity to enter into the kingdom. And a lot of times in the moment that the bad stuff happens, we're not ready to receive that grace. But I think the good news is that even if we're caught up, we're not able to experience that, accept that grace in that moment because of the bigness of the pain that even years later, looking back on it, if we give our yes to God and we say, Lord, I I unite what I suffered with your sacrifice on the cross, mm-hmm. that those graces are still there waiting for us. Yeah, that, 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 that's beautiful, that, that whole idea. Now, I will say that uh, your experience, uh, somewhat ecstatic, right? So there's, yeah, there's, that was there, weird. It was totally weird. It doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> there's some mysticism. I mean, you might have had someone would listen to that and go like, you know, obviously a bachelor. He's got a messy carpet. <laughs> Right, he's cooking spaghetti. Very, very accident prone. And, and let's be honest, he he shattered glass on carpet. He was making spaghettios, and he, <laughs> he could have had a bad batch of spaghettios. And this whole thing was like some kind of little, uh, I don't know, uh, a, 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 re, a reaction of some kind. Anyway, uh, no, so so what I was going to say though, um, however uncomically I just said it, is, is that you, you know you've got a, a mature. Uh, somewhat mature theology and understanding of God and a relationship with God. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of people that struggle. Um, there's a couple different camps. One camp is people would listen to that and go like, yeah, God doesn't exist and bad things happen to me and I'm never going to, I'm not going to find God. Then there are people that are like, I believe in God, but I thought if I believed in God, things good things would happen. Right. right? Then there's another camp that doesn't understand at all why God would, uh, you know, in quotes, pick on a kid, right? So in your situation, mm-hmm. you, you were stepping on glass and you were burning your hand and you were doing these things. Yeah. Whereas the question is much more difficult and I think more profound for some. Right. And I don't want to make I don't want to belittle the struggles that people experience, but there's some pretty horrific things. I mean, we've just heard recently in the news about mass shootings and uh, and wars, you know, in in Europe. Uh, where people are living a life that's like uh, no human being should have to live that way, and you, and then, as Larry would say, where's your God in that? Right, right. Uh, you know, he might listen to what you just said, and 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 he wouldn't be moved by it, Sam, because yeah, you know, it's in his mind. It's like when when you see someone else suffering, that, and you want to do something, you want to reach out to that person. So then it, that gets down to the core of like the the, the very existence of evil. Why would God allow? evil to exist 
Yeah. Right. And and that's a challenge. I don't want to belittle what you said because it obviously is moving to you, and it obviously created in you um, uh, your whole life and how you viewed, especially the the, the this vision of sand and all the yeah. things. It reminds me of an Amy Grant song about angels. <laughs> no, it really does. It, it, where she's like, you know, got his angels watching over you, and you don't know about all the things that those, right. those guardian angels protected you from right and we walk through life blindly thinking hey everything's great when you've had 67 near-death experiences before noon right it's quite possible you know in all reality and we we don't know that so that might be helpful to someone but what's most impactful i think to most people when they're having a problem like larry Mm -hmm. is like what is befalling me right now Mm-hmm. Or what is bef- what, what what and so this idea that evil exists, the idea that um, that God would allow evil to to exist, and I want to make sure we state the theological uh, reality, and that is that God does not create evil; God permits yeah. evil. And there's a by the way, when someone says, "Give me a reason why evil exists," why would a good God allow bad things to exist? Um, and it's all comes down to, uh, in essence, free will. Right. Right. Because if we are to freely choose God, there must be something that is not God. Right. Right. And essentially, not God is bad. Not God is evil. Not God is the absence of good. Right. So if you so you have to have good. You have the freedom to choose that. And the absence of good, and that and that there has to be a choice. Otherwise, it's not a free will choice. Right. If there's only God. But we have to be, I, and I agree what you're saying that like someone like Larry is is saying, well, what about this this set of stuff that's happening to me, and that's got all of the focus, and I understand why he wants to keep that his focus there, but the fact of the matter is that that isn't the full picture, and that can't yeah. be the full picture, and if we if that's where we stay, just there in that bad thing, and we don't broaden our perspective. Um, to a place where we are going to trust that the things that God does permit, that he's got a perfect plan that takes it all into account. And that, yeah, we're focused on this stuff that's happening right now. And, yeah, it's terrible yeah. and painful and it's awful. But it's also a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things compared to eternity. Yeah, so everything you said was good until you got to that blink of an eye part. Yes. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's correct. But we have to deal with with the Larrys of the world. Doesn't feel like a blink of an eye. No, in a pastoral way. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, so it's like you can say, "Dude, this too shall pass. Just relax. It's not as big of a deal as you think it is." Right. It is exactly as big of a deal as you think it is because they're making it that because they're allowing themselves to be overcome by it, and that's the desperation that people start to feel, and that's where we have to be more pastoral. I don't know necessarily the right answer other than uh, prayer. Uh, compassion, present the ministry of presence, mm-hmm. uh, and Tom, you I think you might have said it to me before about about saying like like there is there is a mystery to this. Yeah, I mean we don't have every answer why God permitted this to happen to your life or to that person's life immediately. Like we don't know the exact reason why this person experienced that evil. Right, there is no explanation, and ultimately you got you, when you well, get there, there is we just don't know it. That's that's the key right there. Right, we just we don't. I mean, I right. I we're don't looking from our perspective. We're not looking at it from God's right. perspective. But I do want to touch on this idea that that uh, Ziggy brings up here about uh, the seeing the big picture. There is a big picture aspect I think that's valuable to us, and that is, I mean, even in the concept of experiencing the bad, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tom, you've been through uh, two a days. Well, yeah, right. Three you, a days. <laughs> three a days. You've Good Lord. you you have done uh, you, you've done some stuff that's tough. Oh, yeah. That you're like, while you're doing it, you're like, well, I don't want to do this. Right. And yet you see at the end of it, there's been a benefit. 
Right. Right. And and I'm not saying that we should treat um, you know every evil in our life like football practice. Right. But I am saying that there there is good that can come from bad. In fact, God models that for us most profoundly in the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. That like our salvation was brought about by Jesus dying on a cross. That it took God's death right to bring our salvation and this is something we always have to remember i don't know why that is and why he chose that way but he did because if it was up to deacon jeff uh god would have saved the world with a strawberry cake yeah yeah everybody take a slice of the strawberry cake and you are now saved and everything is going to be wonderful and you're going to live in heaven forever man i like that i like that idea the reality is that's not what god chose in some form or fashion that that suffering which we in catholic uh, isms will say redemptive suffering. Mm-hmm. The idea that Jesus died on the cross in a redemptive way, it wasn't a pointless, meaningless death. Right? And when we unite ourselves to that, because um, you even said that in your talk, yeah. uniting ourselves to the cross, so whatever the cross is that we're bearing, mm-hmm. or that others are bearing, when you unite that, when you unite that cross to the, the uh, your cross, to Jesus' cross, well now it's salvific in nature. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a, I have a, I'm reminded of a, I have a friend, he, he passed away from cancer years ago, and he was Catholic as a child and left the faith and was atheist for a while, and he was went through alcoholism, and it was through the 12-step yeah. program that he rediscovered God, and there was a big part of him that wanted to rediscover Jesus and Catholicism, right. and there was a lot about him that yearned for that. He went through some stuff as a kid. Um which I'm not going to go into detail, but yes, the worst things imaginable hmm. that a child could go through, he went through. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, he was, you know, when we were praying together, something that uh, my spiritual director taught me, you know, that with a person who's baptized, especially if you're praying with a person and they're, and they're praying through a traumatic memory and they bring up a traumatic memory, ask them to say, okay, now where is, G-? you know, close your eyes, put yourself there. Where is Jesus in that memory? You know, what is Jesus doing in that memory? And so, and I've seen my pastor use that. And and so I, we were praying through it and he brought up a memory where he had locked himself in a bathroom as a child to keep out the evil that mm. was w- awaiting outside. And that was a very tough memory for him. That was kind of a, a core uh, memory for him. And I asked him to let Jesus in. To, I said, where was Jesus? And he said, Jesus is not in the room. And I said, do you think Jesus might be behind that door if you let Jesus in? And he said, yeah, but I can't let him in. And I said, I understand that, but I think you also know that that's, even, that's the worst cancer. That you have a, t- a cancer that's befalling your body right now, but the fact is that you've got a suffering in your soul that you're not allowing Jesus into. And I get that it's hard, and I get the anger that it's there, but regardless of what befalls us, Jesus is the answer, and inviting Jesus into the moment is the answer, and giving yeah. him a chance yeah. to, to love you in that moment so is this, So that's where you're being pastoral, and that's, I, and that's I, I beautiful. Was there, yes. yes, I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm not saying you weren't before. I'm just saying that's, that is exactly where uh, find, helping them to see what the big picture may be. I wouldn't use a phrase like big picture. Like, you're right. just not totally fully understanding sure. your suffering. But if you are able to lead them closer to Christ, then you are leading them closer to the suffering and having meaning to the suffering, and it changes everything. Well, and seeing we only see what's on this side of reality. We don't see the invisible world, and we only see a tiny part of of our world. And so, like, we have to be grounded in the fact that our perspective is extremely limited. Right. Right. But but if you look at like if you just look at like how bad can be good, 
right? We're talking about how why would God allow bad things to happen to Larry, right, or to good people? Bad actually can be good, and I don't mean that 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 a kid having cancer is good. Right. I don't mean that, but but it's amazing how God can make positive fruits be born from uh, essentially evil and catastrophic experiences. So, like the crucifixion, there there is a good fruit of the crucifixion, obviously our salvation, but the, but the, it took a great like human evil to bring it about, right? right? And so, uh, you know, if you look at bad, I mean, what are good things that can happen? Uh, from bad. I mean, the, the, uh, first of all, like when we experience bad, it actually binds our community together, right? Mm-hmm. We we it unites us when we all suffer. Like when one suffers, we all suffer together, right? All parts of the body, and, and we start to we start we're united. Think about the you know where the country gets together when all of a sudden something really bad happens. So that's a that's a good fruit that happens from something that can be terrible, yeah. right? Um, it humbles us and destroys pride. Right, the idea that we can save ourselves, we don't need anybody. All of a sudden, it's like we need everybody, and ultimately, we're going to need Jesus. And that's the part about letting Jesus in. Right, yeah. you were actually you were actually helping him, uh, to this person to be to be humbled in that experience without saying you need to humble yourself. Right, right? he right. wasn't suffering from pride; he was fearful, but but still. Um, and then also, you know, bad can actually strengthen us. You stop and think about that for a second, but think about like uh, you know how, how an immunologist works, how, a virology, and the idea that introducing something bad into the system it actually strengthens the the immune system, mm-hmm. and and so bad actually can lead to a stronger us, you know, at, at the end of the day. Uh, but also, like I said before, where it empties us of pride, um, it causes us to actually realize that we need a savior, and it leads us to Jesus Christ. And then, of course, there's the concept of redemptive suffering, um, and and one of my favorites is it really, ultimately, then bad leads us to mercy and leads us to hope, right? Leads us to Jesus mm-hmm. when we have perspective, when we're able to have like a pastoral a person assist us, right, yeah. uh, in that situation. And and certainly we can learn from bad. I mean, in the situations where bad things happen, it's like we learn, like, sometimes our behaviors cause the bad things, and sometimes evil befalls us, you know, like cancers and things like the hurricanes, whatever. We don't do anything to create that situation. Mm-hmm. But it still teaches us, right, who to love, who to lean on, uh, you know, who our friends are, and the fact that we need friends, we need community. So there's there actually are some positive fruits, and I know that's not easy when someone is totally overcome, Right, but that's where they need to know Jesus. They need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's the best thing that we can do for others. That's what we can do for Larry. Amen. Right, is help him to know that Jesus loves him and everyone who is experiencing pain and suffering at any given moment. And the Blessed Mother can also watch over us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.